this week on the Backtable Podcast. I think a lot of it just comes into um, your, your attitude when you come into work. I mean, I think the over time, the culture is really shaped by these small moments. It's like in your relationship with my wife or my kids, like it's not showing up to the big events like, uh, you know, the birthday parties or the right. games, the soccer games, whatever. It's actually the day-to-day, like, am I am I kind? Am I, you know, am I gentle? Am I caring, compassionate? Yeah. Uh, am I friendly? Am I smiling? Right. Am I laughing? You know, those sort of things over time add up. They're subtle, but they're probably the glue that holds it all together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backtable Podcast, your source for all things interventional and endovascular. You can find all previous episodes of our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and on backtable.com. We are recording here from Barcelona with Peter Horner and myself, and uh, exciting you know, to get to hang out with Peter. I haven't really hung out with you since Western Angio. That's right. It's been a while. Yeah. And that was the last time we did something like this. Yeah, that's right. With you and Sabine. That's right. A couple of years. Yeah. Both cool places. We were in, what, Maui back then? That was. That was pre-pandemic. That was pre-pandemic. Yeah. And here we are four years later. Yeah. And we both still look the same age, I think. You know what I mean? (laughs) We look better. (laughs) So much better. (laughs) Um, At least you do. No, no, man. You're still... (laughs) I was still early 40s, right? That's right. So, you know, I wanted to do an episode with you about staff culture because we've talked about this stuff before. And, you know, but before we get into that, I do want to talk about a little bit about like what you've so far. How's Barcelona been? Just for just create some FOMO for our audience, right? (laughs) Yeah. uh, So we're here for Cersei, Cersei uh, 22, and uh, something I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Yeah. I've yeah. always wanted to come to Cersei uh, ever since I was like in, uh, I think when I was a fellow, I heard about it because John Kaufman was, he was coming over here and some of the daughter folks would come over to Cersei every once in a while, you know, pretty regularly. So, yeah. and there was a big uh, European connection with um, daughter and Joseph Rush. Um, so they uh, uh, kind of put the bug in my ear, but it's been until now that I could actually make it happen. Yeah, me too. I've always wanted. Isn't it like every other year is in Barcelona or something? It's kind of like Western mm-hmm. Angel, like that, or I something think, like that. Yeah, and then I think Lisbon maybe is the yeah, other city. Yeah, yeah. which is also another amazing city that I want to visit. Um, but yeah, I've also really wanted to come to Cersei. And so far, I mean, this is what day three um, walking mm-hmm. around. I've mostly been in the exhibitors hall, but it's you know I like the energy of it. It's yeah, it's similar to SIR. It's good but not as many familiar faces. Right. I keep looking for people and I'm looking at faces, but I don't, and I don't, I don't recognize anybody. <laughs> How about you? It's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some people, some people have come up to me, uh, that I had never met before, you know, the, the Twitter phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. has been kind of cool to see that, uh, across the pond. The, a little bit different because every 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 vendor has like a good espresso yeah. uh, machine and the yeah. the baristas are pulling shots like crazy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I so I asked about that at the Argon booth. I was like, "What's with, like now? Like a couple years ago or maybe pre-pandemic, there was like one booth that would have an yeah. espresso machine, and they were saying that if you don't have an espresso machine, yeah, nobody's coming to your booth, which is so funny. <laughs> <It's>, you know, <laughs> that's why I went to a few. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's strong. Yeah, it's, it's like good really, stuff. Yeah. But um, I did run into Venkat Tamala, mm-hmm. and I, I saw him today. So that was one familiar face. 
mm-hmm. and that's been pretty much it. I you know I know Dan Z's here. Um, Saw him. I think Gloria yeah. Salazar. Are you saw mm-hmm. Dan? Oh, great. Yeah. So I want I still want to see some people, and then there's some European docs that I really want to to meet while I'm here as well. So. But yeah, you know, we're I still, we still got two more days of it, and mm-hmm. we thought it'd be a great place to record since we kn- both knew we were going to be here. Yeah, and we found this. We're at the Hotel Neri, which mm-hmm. has been amazing. Yeah, it was a great suggestion. We're in Thank the you. Gothic Quarter. It's um, beautiful. Can, yeah, it's beautiful. You can see like there's this like Sunday Wall Street. So you can see, you, the audience can probably see a little bit of people walking by outside. The big cathedrals right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so uh, this is a great spot. Um, I'm glad you picked it and Thanks. suggested it to me. So let's jump into the topic for today. Uh, why talk about staff culture? Why do you think it's important? Mm. That's a good one. Uh, I, I think I think it's one of those uh, sort of the soft subjects of IR and what we do, but I think it's extraordinarily important because it uh, has all kinds of ramifications of uh, how you're taking care of patients, how your practice evolves, how it is successful or not successful, how you can retain, how you can hire. Uh, it's super important, and I think it's something that us physicians really don't get any, you know, uh, exposure to really during training, other than the sort of innate leadership that we see from our our, our attendings, um, you know, and other hospital leaders throughout our hospital training. And some of that's pretty toxic, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we probably all come out pretty. A lot of us come out pretty broken people and understanding like how to even lead a, 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 a department. Yeah. You know, you graduate fellowship and now you arrive maybe if you're a hospital-based doc. Now the OBL is a different story maybe, but in, but in the same way, we kind of come out and we're now expected to be leaders of those departments. Yeah. And uh, a lot of us have never had any kind of training other than our role models, which could have been good or bad. Right. Exactly. We're kind of like kids going through training like you're impressionable, right? Yeah. And so right. you see people getting abused left and right. You, that becomes like normal. Mm-hmm. And right. it's a shame. Like a, you can see like a normal per like a outside the lab being a normal person treating people mm-hmm. horribly. You're like, what is going on? And a lot right. of times it's a learned behavior right, right. from their training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think it's incredibly important. In fact, like for, uh, just having briefly been out, you know, on my own, it's really like a linchpin in terms of, um, hiring mm-hmm. and retain, you know, retaining people. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've seen people out, I've hired people that have come from labs where the culture was horrible mm-hmm. and they just, uh, they just were, it's a turnstile. They just kept losing people. And so what I wanted to talk to you about, like, so we kind of talked about where does it start seem, you know, it starts from the top most likely, right? right? Where have you seen um, examples of where it, it starts from the top and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like, can you think of examples, like whether your current job or, or a prior job or training? Yeah. I just always, uh, <clears throat> I think, uh, I think it's Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts at the top with Michael yeah. Scott. No, I mean, I, I think, uh, part of, part of my, I was fortunate actually to come out, uh, you know, through training with John Coffin because I think he's a fantastic leader. I, yeah. I think he thinks carefully and thoughtfully about the department, how he wanted the daughter Institute to go. Obviously it had its own culture, but he was also integral in actually creating a kind of a new modern, you know, culture for the daughter Institute, which I was part of. 
Yeah. So I think that's probably one of the better um, role models that I have. And I think it definitely starts at the top. You know, if you look at like the former CEO of uh, Best Buy, Hubert Jolly, he said that leadership is less than uh, about being the smartest person in the room, but more about creating an environment that enables the purpose and the strategy of your institution to come to life. Yeah. And I think, I, th- I, th- I think that the, where we often go wrong is not necessarily um, a sort of a, um, just in uh, creating a toxic environment is I think the thing that I've seen in my practice where it's more commonly just a passive, a passivity um, that we take to creating culture uh, or, yeah. or letting whatever's been there continue. Yeah. Um, because I think it takes a lot of work. We're concentrating on taking care of patients safely and yeah. adequately and building the practice. And we're doing all this other, these other sort of clinical duties but I think, so I think the default for a lot of us is to be passive. Yeah. You know, when we right. come into a new department, we walk into the hospital and say, hey, I'm here to do the cases and I'm here to take care of patients. And you just sort of, if you're passive, then you just absorb whatever culture is there. And it may be toxic and maybe not, but it may be stagnant. Yeah. You know, right. Which is probably even in some ways also pretty bad. Yeah, because it's uninspiring, I guess. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like people are dragging their feet to get to work. Yeah, they're right. running late. Like, the nobody's excited. Right. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, I think patients feel that energy, right? Yeah, totally. Um, when somebody's just, uh, I mean, it's a, at the end of the day, it's like customer service too, right? Mm-hmm. When they're in pre op, post op, like, you got to come to, you got to put on a smiley face because <laughs> they're, they're, cra- they're way more stressed out and anxious than you are. Totally. You know, they're having the procedure done and, and you kind of have to be there for them mm-hmm. uh, with some support. And so yeah. your staff does too, right? And Absolutely. so how do you, right. how do you inspire, you know? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I, I, th- I think a lot of it just comes into um, your, your attitude when you come into work. I mean, I think the over time, the culture is really shaped by these small moments. It's like in your relationship with my wife or my kids, like, it's not showing up to the big events like, uh, you know, the birthday parties or the right. games, the soccer games, whatever. It's actually the day to day. Like, am I, am I kind? Am I, you know, am I gentle? Am I caring, compassionate? Yeah. Uh, am I friendly? Am I smiling? Right. Am I laughing? You know, those sort of things over time add up. They're subtle, but they're probably the glue that holds it all together. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, th- that's something I learned as a parent, but I think it's also something that, you know, is really applicable to this sort of situation. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I, I, I can t- definitely tell like when I'm, when I'm uh, tired or I come to work and I'm not smiling and that sort of thing. I mean, it definitely sets the mood, I think for yes. the rest of the people. Yeah. And so you try to minimize, uh, those days, you know, for sure. Right. And it, it sets the mood for a case. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it could actually even sabotage a case. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, there was a study, uh, that I came across, um, recently it was in published in 2014, by these people, Barsad and O'Neill, and um, it was kind of one of those academic, you know, journal studies about um, about workplace environments and whatnot. And they actually studied about 300 um, employees and patients and uh, family members of like this long-term care facility yeah. back east. And they found that um, actually there were better patient outcomes, fewer ER trips, better patient satisfaction, you know, when the staff actually felt uh, engaged and worth something when they came to work, like they were working for a compassionate, loving, sort of caring environment. Yeah. You know, if they, if the people 
the the people who had um, negative feelings toward their work, you know, actually actually translated into worse patient care. You know, yeah, so, it makes sense, right? right? Yeah, I so think, it's huge. So I think your outcomes are going to be better if you know yeah. how to lead your department and help foster a good culture. Yeah, I think negative energy is like way more contagious than positive energy mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just it'll it'll spread quickly um, throughout a day, even um, for sure. And so, where do you like who? do you think should quarterback that? I mean, you know, we, t- we say it starts from the top, but let's say the top is not like living up to the expectations or they're not showing up. Right. Right. In terms of the culture, they're not, they're not creating a, a good culture. What can people, can it be anybody? Could it be the MA? Could it be the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the office manager who kind of mm-hmm. quarterbacks staff culture? Have you seen cases where like that really helps? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, we, we often as physicians, we work in different environments. So yeah. that's another thing we're not really talking about is that, well, geez, I, I work at four different hospitals, yeah. you know, um, and I'm stepping into a new culture, each right. p- new place. And where I, I, I have my main hospital, but my other partners are setting up their own, you know, sort of departments and culture in there. You know, that's another level of cultural um, sort of development, right? With yeah. my partners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in my practice. So not right. just my practice, but also the IR section. Right. Um, so the practice and, you know, and then there's like the hospital culture. Cause sometimes like I've, in some hospitals I've worked at, like the hospital culture is terrible. Yeah. And yeah. it has, an, right. I and there's nothing I can do about yeah. that. Like, cause like the hospital is just toxic, you know, right. and people don't want to be there and it's just, ugh. yeah. And patient outcomes right you not know, so great may yeah. have been yeah. not so great you know um and there are these little subtle things but i think they they add up so I, I do think it starts at the top most ceos would tell you that you know when you read the harvard business review which i look at a lot yeah um through my leadership training i've had at the hospitals they will tell you that it starts at the top but i think you can kind of almost not weaponize but you can mobilize other people that are uh, energetic outgoing you know right. that have a passion for it like your maybe your lead nurse or lead tech yeah yeah could be anyone but it's also not just your individual department right this hospital docs like we have patient interactions with the schedulers to the right. front office to the right. to the registration people in the hospital and these are not our employees yeah 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 you know, so how do you create your brand, your culture, your, you know, when these people may not even ever step inside your department, but they're patient facing often the first people that they see. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, there's some hospital and I, I have a similar practice set up as you where I'm covering four different hospitals and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm at a different hospital every week. And it's like, you're totally right. Every, every hospital has its own culture. And, um, you know, when you like the next time I show up at a, at like say one hospital and it's all new nurses and techs, it's like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. You know, right, yeah. like something, you know, right. and what can I do? That's like yeah. that rotating doc to come in and be like, Hey, let's, let's create a sustainable environment because mm-hmm. that, you know, tra- you know, with COVID travel nurses, beca- travel nurses right, became yeah. hot. Right. Right partly because of the pay, but also because people are just burnt out. Right. And now we're kind of this post COVID stage where I'd like to see some retention right. in these hostels. And like, what can, what do you think? Yeah. Like for me, like asking you, like, what can I do as mm-hmm. a rotating doc to uh, kind of assist with that? Yeah. Even though I'm not there all the time. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's really, yeah. yeah, I think it's really hard. I mean, I think that's why I, uh, 
I think that's, you know, in our group, we learned many years ago that really having a physician champion at each hospital yeah. is like key, you yeah. know, and obviously that can't happen in every case, but I, that's the ideal to have a physician dedicated to that one hospital that's really leading yeah. that and able to, because I think if you're in and out, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard. You can just kind of be kind and, you know, help steer people the right way, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that that's a that's a tough situation. Um, but I do think that you know aligning yourself with good leaders at the hospital level and admin is important too. That that your staff understands you know their sort of role in the bigger hospital and that they're they feel like they're you know well taken care of. And in fact, like one of in my main hospital, we did, we had like hardly anybody leave. Um, throughout the whole pandemic, yeah, um, even great. though they could have been paid more by traveling or going elsewhere to do, you know, locums work for, but, and they, they told us that they just, they really like working there and they like the, you know, the mission and they like, they feel supported by the hospital and me and the department. So, yeah. Um, so I, retention is huge, especially with COVID. Right. That um, is huge. What we're dealing you guys were able and, to hold on to them. Yeah. So yeah. retention and hiring, you know, two separate but relatable things. But I, th I think it, the more you can retain, the more, less you have to hire, which is and makes then, it even easier. It's like this, you know, treadmill. Yeah. And people aren't stupid. I mean, if they're like, you know, most people research their jobs. Yeah. And if they hear, and so, you know, especially within a city, people mm -hmm. talk. And if they hear that, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, their manager's wacko, yeah. don't go there. Like that. News travels fast, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about, because I kind of want to talk about like bad players. So like things that are, you know, like for example, we're, we have these hospitals. Sometimes there's a bad player that we can't fire because they're not our employee. Right, like yeah, said. yeah. So how do you yeah. deal with that? And um, do you guys, my, my, my question before that is, do you guys have a set of core values mm -hmm. as a group and that you guys like hire and fire by like mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, for physicians? No, but uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. We do have core values. I, I think we, my group probably does a bad job of reiterating those because yeah. I think, I think you have to, you have to come back to them. You have to right. reiterate them every time yeah. someone's hired. You have to express them every year at least. Yeah. Yeah. in some way or fashion at your at your annual meeting or right. whatever you know right. i think you have to rehash those and i think that's one thing that my group i mean we have a really good culture and we have good retention but i think but i think that that's one area that we're a little lacking and years ago we went through like this whole board meeting retreat thing where we lined out our core values you know yeah. all that that's um, usually when they come up yeah. at, at retreats <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly and you're like the next week we're like now what what do we yeah. do what right. was that right um but i i've been i think that that's a probably you know again a failure on some part of my group's leadership is that we don't get that back in front of people because I think it's important, especially now with COVID and radiology groups where a lot of your diagnostic colleagues are at home. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about like combined groups here right now. Um, I also work in an OBL, of course, and that's a bit of a different um, situation where um, we're the bosses, you know, and we have our employees. But if you're talking about physician culture and group, yeah, um, 
you know, I, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty important, I think, to get those values back in front of people, uh, consistently and, and, um, and, um, repetitively really, cause you gotta get it back in your mind. Cause if you look at the successful CEOs of like Starbucks, uh, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever ex successful company, they're going to have that in front of people every time they get hired and, yeah. you know, they're just reminding people of those core values. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I think you're right. And, and, you know, where I think hostels get it wrong is they'll put them up on a plaque when you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. But, like, nobody, they're always just kind of, like, yeah. phony yeah. values right. that they're, it's, like, mark, it's for marketing for the patients to see mm-hmm. when they walk in. Yeah. But I don't, I've never heard anybody at a meeting, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't go to a lot of hospital meetings anymore, but, like, I've never heard anybody bring up their their core company, core values right, right. in the hospital, yeah. right? And I wish there was more of that. Yeah. Because I see that a lot in the startup world. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, every startup book I read, like it's all about core values and like yeah. that, you right. know, cohesion right. With, right. Your, with your company is around that. And so totally. I, I would just like to see more yeah. of that in medicine. You know what yeah, I mean? totally. Like one, yeah. like the my main hospital, I think one of the reasons why I really like working there is that the CEO and the hospital leadership from, you know, the C-suite, yeah. they've like created like this myth about how amazing this hospital is yeah you know and like how great it is to work there and how good like how excellent the quality is of the care we're providing our our patients and that like is it's like marketing but it's like it's like internal marketing where there it's almost it's almost like this um this it's like a myth yeah you know and like if you say it, you hear it enough. It's like propaganda. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah, but yeah. if you say it, you hear it enough, people start believing it. All right. of a sudden, they look around like, yeah. damn, we're an awesome hospital. Like, yeah. And people want to work here, and they have good retention, and the nursing staff is amazing, and the doctor staff, you know, the physician staff is fantastic. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that, like, propaganda machine, right. you know, right. that you, again, you have to repeat those um, core values. Yeah. And right. you kind of have right. to talk yourself up to your own people, like, you know, and remind people how great you are. Yeah. You know, because I think it's easier, easy to focus on the negatives, the places where you sure. have work to do. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I, I like the idea of myth, mythology and like how that can be incorporated into uh, a, oh, yeah. a company that's culture. A you know? That's yeah. a good point. Um, so like our top core value at Backtable is no assholes. Right? <laughs> So I, I, I love it because um, Tony Fidel wrote a book that I read recently called Build, mm-hmm. and he had a whole chapter on assholes. And um, I don't know if you've read so that book So he's with yet. Apple. What's that? He was at Apple, he, yeah, yeah. He yeah. helped uh, the iPod, right? The, the iPod yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then the, and then the iPad and iPhone, yeah. and then he, he um, started Nest, right? Mm-hmm. He created Nest and then sold to Google. And he's, it's a great book because he basically writes the blueprint for any startup um, and any product, it yeah. doesn't even have to be a company, it could be a product, right? And right. He talks about that and, you know, he's like, look, sometimes I'm an asshole, like, mm-hmm. but I'm an asshole in a good way. Like I'm an asshole towards progress, right? right? And right. I'm not trying to create a culture where that's all about tearing people down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have different types of asshole. And so I, I love the chapter because he kind of breaks it down the different yeah. types. And there's assholes you got to get rid of, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I've kind of, yeah, so yeah. We, we said no assholes, but I kind of agree with what he's saying. Like sometimes you just got to be stern toward to reach your goals. Right. You know? Yeah. And in the hospital, shit happens, right? right yeah. Like right. They, bad things happen in the lab mm-hmm. and it's, you know, you got to look past whose fault it is mm-hmm. and just take right. care of the patient. Right. And sometimes that, and, 
includes being an asshole. Right, right, right? yeah. yeah to make things happen fast. Right. Yeah. Absol- absolutely. Yeah. I, or, or I like, you know, I like, like that. I got to read that. Perceived as an asshole. I got to read that chapter. Cause I, <laughs> yeah. Because I think there's, there, there is, a, you know, it, it's kind of like there's a, there's a place for like anger or righteous anger. Like if, if something is seriously happening, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if you read the Bible, but like Jesus they, everybody thinks of him as buddy Jesus, but like there were times where he got really pissed off, like at the, you know, yeah. the people selling things in the temple and whatnot. He's like, this is bullshit. You know, like yeah. he's got, you got to tear up tables and turn them <laughs> over. He's like throwing, throwing money everywhere. He's like, this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. So I think I, and I, so I think that there's, there's room for that, like righteous anger or like, like, or, uh, I think, I think when something's going down wrong, when, and, and I'm not saying you need to yell at someone, but, um, but I, th- but I think that there's a room for, you know, being stern and yeah. right and all that. There, there's a place for that, but it's right. very limited. Right. Yeah. And very, a, very, it's all about the pattern limited. of behavior. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an everyday event. <laughs> no, you hope it right? shouldn't be. Yeah. There are a lot of problems if there, yeah. if that's, if that's every day, but you also are talking about like, how do you how do you get rid of them? But right. I, and I, and I, like part of it is like, um, maybe, uh, how do you identify them? Right. You know, and, and part of that is part of the hiring process. However, we're not in the direct, you know, hiring process, uh, f- or pathway for a lot of these nurses yeah. and techs that we yeah. work with. Right? right. So, um, a lot, sometimes they, they could sneak in, yeah. uh, and get yeah. hired. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, it's rare for us, but but I but um, I've gone through some leadership training. Really, I mean, you try to rehabilitate them based on your core values, and you try to bring them along. But you kind of give them a time. You know, you have to give them a a, a, there's a, a timeline, uh, document everything really well, yeah. and then at some point, it's just got to part ways. Because if you leave those toxic people and you try to you know, placate oh, them or, or just yeah. deal with it. And it's, it's like just, a cancer. It's, on it's your, a cancer. Yeah. yeah it's just so, going to, it's yeah. just going to make everything worse. And then, yeah. it, then it's going to change your culture from the inside. And everything you've been working for is before you know it, yeah. everybody quits. Yeah. Yeah. Especially <laughs> exactly. if that person's in a manager role. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was fun. we were talking about Team America last night. Remember that scene <laughs> in Team America? <laughs> it's a little too vulgar for this podcast, but if anybody's yeah. interested, Team America is a good reference <laughs> um, about assholes. So, it's true. how does one? So, we were just kind of talking a little bit yeah. about it, like getting rid of assholes. You know, <laughs> in I think, I think personality tests are super interesting for hiring. Yeah, you know, yeah. and now granted, they can be expensive and time consuming, but. I think mm-hmm. that there's, especially at the level of physician hiring, I think personality tests to yeah. see if you mesh yeah. well with everybody right. else that's there is worthwhile, but I don't see much of that. No, I don't. You know? I mean, I, I'm really glad you brought that up because I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in like, you know, I think the Myers-Briggs things uh, is helpful. Yeah. Um, my wife also showed me this Enneagram thing. Have you heard about the Enneagram? It's uh-huh. this whole other way of like how people are born and they have yeah. these innate abilities, you know, and personalities and gifts and uh, struggle areas, you know, and so it's yeah. another kind of Myers Briggs ish, but it's a different way of looking at it. And um, but it's it's ancient. Yeah, uh, it's oh, it goes back like hundreds and hundreds of years. So I think using pick whatever tool right. you, know, you want, but I, I think it's uh, that's an area that we could really improve on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like sometimes it's just like let's just fill the spot. Let yeah, any warm body, let's right. get them in here. Yeah. They can cover call, yeah. perfect. And <laughs> it's you know, it's not ideal, but um, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so like these are kind of things we're talking about, like you know, ways we can improve staff culture is just like 
paying attention to these things when you hire them, asking the right questions, yeah. do, doing your due diligence. Right. But a lot of times we just get in a rush and we just want to get people in. Mm. But once they're in, once you have your staff, what are kinds of things that you've seen have worked for staff culture and how you mentioned like the retreat, right? Yeah. Do retreats do much or are they just kind of like <laughs> yeah. a formality? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I mean, I think, again, I think it's like showing up for the birthday party and expecting, yeah. uh, you know, you have a great relationship with your kid. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Oh, uh, it is, he's pouring water. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, this is not the urology show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, you know, so I, I think, uh, yeah, call, uh, retreats are fine. The team building exercises and stuff I, I think are fine. But um, uh, it's a little bit like resilience training. I don't think it's going to be like the, you know, the answer to the problem uh, that you're having. It's all these like, again, all these minute things, smiling when you show up to work, asking how your techs are doing. I mean, like, this is kind of self-defeating, I guess, in a way. But I'll give you an example. Um, and I even read in the Harvard Business Review that there was a CEO was it was talking about like how if you create a culture uh, in in your in your business or your group that prioritizes like uh, career growth and mobility, mm-hmm. um, it actually um, it, it may lose you some employees over time, but. It, it's like very empowering for people and they yeah. like coming to work when they have um, a sense of mastery and they're getting better at something yeah, and they yeah. are encouraged right. to go do something else or to, to go back to school to do something right. else. So like, for example, like my best tech ever in the world, he uh, and I, I, I asked him out to dinner one time cause I'm like, Hey, you know, Ivan, like you are, you're a fantastic tech and you are a good friend and I want to support you in anything I can do. I think you'd be great to go to med school or PA school or yeah. whatever. I, I think you got a lot of potential and you know, I I'm, I'm going to write you a recommendation. Yeah. I will, I will do, I'll make calls, I, whatever you want, you know, I'll, I could help you if, if you're not happy and fulfilled here. And, and, um, and so, um, eventually, uh, he ended up going to industry. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, after a couple, a couple years later, yeah. um, and I think ultimately he's happy. He is happy and he's doing a great job where he is. Yeah. Um, and he's fantastic at that. Right. 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 But it was also, but he's also making more money and yeah. he's able to provide for his family yeah. easier. Immediately better, versus right? yeah. eight years <laughs> right, later. Exactly. Yeah. Cause at that time he's like, yeah, yeah, I can't really take time off. I gotta, right. I gotta work and support yeah. my family and kids and stuff. And yeah. I can't go back to school. I just can't afford that. So, yeah. so that anyway, so I, I, I use that as an example kind of ate me, you know, hit me, um, it kind of ended up biting me. Uh, but, yeah. but I think that that's the selfless, part of like what we do as leaders is that we do have to build people up. Like, I think if you expect everything to stay static and the same and, you know, um, and not evolve, I think, I think you're doing your staff and maybe even ultimately your patients a disservice, right? Because you have to continually getting better and changing. Yeah. Even, even if it means leaving something behind, you know, it might've been great. Right. So yeah. Like basically setting people up for personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, exactly. We had another one go to PA school too, you know, um, yeah. before him. So, and I was writing recommendations, you know, I mean, so, so I think that's part of it. I mean, yeah. as being a mentor and a oh, role yeah. model. Right. Um, so it, it and then you got to replace them, but then you're also in an area where you're like, I know what I need to replace yes. this person with. Right. I know the right kind of person to be looking for. If you can get it, Yeah. you know, then you're not going backwards. Right. And you know we're not in academics, so 
mm-hmm. that I mean that time course is actually longer than training residents or med students. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Which yeah. is which is because that's got like that's why I could never do academics. Like it's so frustrating to just watch people get good and then they're out the door and then you got to start over right. again as a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, hard. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I. I mean, I don't know. My wife is in academics and like she loves that. I'm like, I don't know. It's just it <laughs> frustrating. Like rebirth me. <laughs> and renewal, like every yeah. year. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm more of a long game kind of yeah. guy. Yeah. The slow burn. The slow burn. That's right. <laughs> So do you guys do anything you, you mentioned like, yeah, it's, it's the every, everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. So like my dad was in sales and uh, he was a yearbook salesman and everybody mm-hmm. loved him because every time he showed up, he brought everybody pizza and like, you yeah. know, it, it ate yeah. in his bottom line, but like yeah. he was the pizza guy. <laughs> and you know, I just, yeah. cause I eventually was on the yearbook committee and I saw the students, how they get excited when my dad would show up and <laughs> I was like, it's just pizza, but yeah. you know, and it's my dad. So of course I'm not, you know, like, you know giving him credit for, <laughs> for a good job, but he, uh, yeah. you know, that was like the culture he created. Right. Right. right? And, and mm-hmm. so, but people didn't get like entitled. Like if he showed up and he didn't have a pizza, it's not like people were upset. Um, going back to Tony Fidel's mm-hmm. book, he's, he has a chapter called fuck free massages <laughs> because, you know, he was saying that's the part of the problem with the culture at some of these big companies yeah. like Google and Apple where the people become entitled because they get so much free stuff. Right. Right. Like every meal's paid for and everything. And then right. there's this entitlement culture. And I, I don't think I've, I mean, that kind of happens with device, right? Right. I've heard that with techs and mm-hmm. nurses complain like, Oh, well they don't even bring us anything. Right. Yeah. And it seems like they prefer certain companies right, that right. do bring stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like that right. aspect yeah, of it. Either, yeah. And I was curious to know what your take is on it. I, th- I think the, I think the element of surprise and spontaneity is, is huge. Like uh, I ride my bike to work and occasionally I'll, I'll bring bagels and, you know, and they're like, how'd you carry these bagels <laughs> and like cream cheese on your bike? I'm like, I'm riding no hands. Like, you know, <laughs> like there's a bagel shop right close to the hospital, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and so I, uh, and, and I mean, that's spontaneous. Like it's a surprise. Yes, uh, you that's know, exactly so, it. Yeah. Um, I, I think if it, it's oh every Friday is Bagel Friday, then yeah. it's like it becomes whatever's you know, the bagels at. Yeah, yeah, yeah where, where the bagels. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Why, why do you yeah. bring bagels? You know, so I I think it's spontaneity. I think um, I don't make my uh, our reps. I, I don't feel like they're caterers. Um, I think it's nice for them to support the staff with free food. You know, occasionally. Yeah. Um, not going to make them do it to come in a lab, but they kind of know that every you know. I don't know. What is it? Every, we don't have a policy, but every, you know, if I, every third visitor, fifth visit, whatever, you know, that they should bring something for us, um, for the staff. Cause I think if it's, if it's not, you know, expected, then I, then it's special or more special. And then I think it's there. You don't get into that entitlement. Right. Thing. I think another thing we do is we also have, um, every staff's birthday, is known it's on a calendar we have a birthday calendar yeah you know and then yeah. so there's always a card and there's right. always like a potluck there's always yeah. like cakes or cookies and stuff like that and so i think that that's that's also something because i think people want to be known they want to be special you know cared for right and for that sure. kind of goes back to being creating a compassionate culture that we were talking about earlier yeah. you know if, if you just come in say hi and then get the work and you go home and there's no relationship there then yeah then i think the people are going to leave 
I think yeah. if you, I like to know my staff and my and my patients too. Like, I ask them where they're from and you know what what kind of music you like to listen to, whatever you know. Yeah, like, I get well, yeah. to let them choose like what music they want to listen to. Patients or the staff, you know. You're like, which of my mixes do you like best? <laughs> which <laughs> back table? Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, which back table mix do you that's like? Right. Yeah, one or three. <laughs> Grunge. Right. Americana. You did, yeah, Americana. So it's like folk, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's probably my least. Favorite. I loved your grunge one. Though. Yeah, I know you did. I, I made yeah. that for you. Just. Yeah, that's my, but that's my <laughs> yeah. sweet spot. Yeah, that's right. Gr- 90s grunge. Yeah, and I think I think I made the EDM one for Sabine. Oh, yes, yeah. That was good, too. I'm not usually into EDM, but I, I really like that one. I like to read diagnostic to that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, it's like, good. It's yeah. good for that. I've got a good jazz one. I, I, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll got to get out to you. Yeah. No Kennedy though, don't worry. <laughs> the birthday thing's funny because it's it like almost depends on how many people you have in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because if you only have like five, that's great. Yeah, like one once every couple of months you have a birthday cake and you celebrate. Yeah. You have a thousand people, then every day is it somebody's <laughs> birthday, right? Statistically, and so yeah. or multiple people's birthdays, right. and so yeah. I, somebody else was making that point in a book. They're like, you got to get rid of the birthday thing at some point when your company's right, that yeah. size, otherwise people spend yeah. two hours at lunch and you're spending <laughs> yeah. all this money on cake yeah. and you know presents yeah um so i just thought that was i do think it's super important to make them feel like they're cared for yeah. right and that's the whole point right and again it goes back to like we were saying with the kids it's the same thing with entitlement if, if they expect dessert every single night then ice cream's not as special yeah. Yeah. you know and right they expect it and so um yeah i just think it's a it's a balance, right? Right, just like anything else. I mean, I, I maybe we should be doing stuff like taking like taking some cues from Severance. Have you seen the, the new series? No, Severance? I need to watch. It's that. so good. Yeah, but they do this thing called like the Waffle Party, and then there's like this weird <laughs> jazz party thing. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Karen, you know what I'm talking about. It's so good, but they're so random, and but they're like kind of achievement things. You know, that people really look forward to, and they sound silly, but you know, anyway, yeah, great show by the way. Yeah, I saw the first couple. Yeah, Adam Scott's great. I love Adam Scott. Yeah, brilliant. I saw the first couple and I, I have to jump into it we got sidetracked loot oh yeah um, i haven't seen that yet. yeah but um well you know i think we've covered you know good cultures you know and sort of like how to provide a good healthy culture mm-hmm. any other examples that you've seen like with big companies you know i've you know i watched speaking of shows we work uh that we crashed no. right have you seen that i haven't seen it yet yeah like horrible <laughs> i company know culture. all about that guy yeah yeah horrible yeah. company culture yeah. same with the um like the uber, uber one yeah super pumped yeah again just it, they were hiring assholes on purpose because that's what they wanted um right as right. part of their culture like because yeah. it was all about you know driving you know and you know you look at stuff like um wolf of wall street mm-hmm. and yeah you can make a lot of money really fast but there's no sustainability, right? Right. That's right yeah. The moral of the story. Right. For sure. Um, and so, any any other examples that you can think of, like in terms of good culture? Mm. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you know Tony Fidel. I mean, you look at those, yeah. you know, examples of Apple, Steve Jobs. I mean, certainly uh, had mean, his moments. I don't yeah. think he was <laughs> compassionate. I mean, his compassion wasn't like something that was characteristic of him. But I think yeah. he's very passionate about purpose and uh, excellence you know so i mean i I think it depends on um the culture you create has to you know it can be like a driver of your mission and your purpose right yeah so you know i wouldn't want to work 
uh, for Steve Jobs as a, a doc. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. I mean, but I think uh, we can take pieces of his leadership style and like use them. But I, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I think, um, I think that maybe, it, I think a lot of it may be just homegrown. I mean, that's why I think the beauty of it is, is because it's, um, it's customizable. It's, yeah. it's, it's plastic. It, it's, it's malleable to whatever situation and cultural milieu you're in because, you know, a uh, hospital department in Denver, yeah. And my hospital is different than a hospital culture, you know, at another hospital in Denver or, and way different than maybe something on the East coast right? or right. West coast. Yeah. Or probably yeah. more West coast than East coast <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. But I mean, and so, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's one, you know, ultimate thing to look up to, but, um, but I, I think it's interesting because I think the culture that we create, you know, it, it extends beyond our, our little, uh, our procedure rooms and our recovery areas, you know, totally. it, it's, it's yeah. schedulers all the way through us and our clinical area, all the way to the billing, like yeah. from our, com- our, you know, our companies uh, and the experience that patients have with our billing yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, some of the worst reviews I've seen on Google are, uh, are always yeah. around billing right. things. And if you Google any radiology group in like Colorado, they are like one stars because it's yeah. all billing issues. Yeah. And like, is that how we want to be taking care of our patients? Like, right. you know, yeah. and no, and it's often people that we hire, you know, that aren't necessarily even our employees again, but it, it looks, you know, yes. it, 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 yeah. it creates, it a might negative. be outsourced, but all they exactly. see right. is, well, you right. screwed me on right. the bill. <laughs> and our, my yeah. group's name is on the bill. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times it's just a miscommunication. It's not, yeah. but if you don't nip that in the bud and have good follow up, right. uh, and taking care of the patient, then it can be seen as like a toxic or a negative, yeah. you know, patient experience. It's literally every it's touch huge. point yeah. with the yeah. patient you have to yeah. like, look at, right? Right, um, yeah. And because, uh, again, at the end of the day, like, why do we have ratings reviews? Because it's a business, yeah. right? And yeah. it's customer service. And, right. you know, and there's, especially in the city, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah, there's one just, other thing you wanted to talk about was how do you find information oh, or yeah, resources? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I, think so. yeah. I was just going to say, uh, Actually, the HBR, so Harvard Business uh, Review, yeah. um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, just go on the website. Um, there is a subscription um, that you can access certain articles, but a lot of the yeah. articles on the website are free. Yeah. And there's just just endless amounts of information about how to lead, a, you know, create culture, how yeah. to be a leader. Um, and also a lot of hospitals... I've gone through two leadership programs in different hospitals that I work at. So a lot of hospital admins are wanting to tag physician leaders um, that that um, they can kind of help go through training and you know which is a lot of information from HBR and stuff. So um, so those classes are really good if you know talk to your CMO. Yeah. Uh, those 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 C-suite folks would know how to get in touch with that. Like help. Uh, I work for a couple. Health One, or which is a subsidiary of Healthcare Corporation of America, which makes uh, makes me cringe when I say <laughs> corporation with healthcare. But yeah. HCA has, is really good in the sense of like how they develop their physician leaders. They've yeah. got a lot of programs that you can go through, and I think these were like six month long programs that like oh, wow. weekly, you know, study sessions and like materials and um, 
and practice, you know, leading and dealing with situations with toxic people. Yeah. Um, how to create culture and all that. So oh, it's very okay. helpful. Yeah. 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 So it's a lot of, I think a lot of hospital that. systems have that kind of stuff, but we don't, maybe we don't radiology. We are not aware of that. Yeah. I didn't, you know, it's funny, those leadership courses, I never thought about that. Like that would be part of the curriculum would be all talking about this, right. Yeah. Staff culture and, and help, you know, because I don't know, I guess I, I never taken one of those courses. Uh, so I didn't really know what to expect, but, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that's, that's good feedback. Cause I don't, I hear about people taking them. But yeah. I, I don't really know what you do right. with them. I guess right. you learn stuff. Nuggets yeah. like that. Right. Well, I had to do two of them. I guess I failed the first one. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why did that happen? Oh, just because they were like, I'm no. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. So, Billy, you need some more work on this. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you can do a podcast, but you yeah. really suck. Uh, yeah, oh, man. Anyway, it's good. To, good to talk to you, man. Yeah, man. It's good to hang out. Yeah. Like this is such a cool town, yeah. and uh, even this hotel is cool, and yeah. everything about it, and. You know, what do you got planned the rest of the week? Well, uh, wife and I went to Park Well today, which is one yeah. of Gaudi's oh, yeah, yeah. outdoor masterpieces. Okay. Super interesting uh, park, uh, wonky architecture and infrastructure that he built for uh, that park, which is a whole interesting thing. If you look at leadership and bad business ventures, um, uh, that, that, that's a whole study and bad yeah. business because that was supposed to be like a neighborhood, oh, yeah. uh, where the guy who owned the mountain, who bought the mountain, Guell was his name. Like he completely misread the market and just completely torpedoed any kind of business that he had. He had all kinds of aspirations of selling off plots of land up there and it was not ever supposed to be a public park. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed yeah. to be this exclusive area and then he never could sell any lots cause it was too far from downtown and, oh. Uh, all this stuff. So anyway, so it's very interesting. And then we're going to do um, Sagrada Familia tomorrow and then um, just get lost again in the Gothic Quarter, which is very easy to do. Yeah, yeah. These <laughs> narrow streets. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. And then right. do some more Circe. Yeah. Circe has been great to see. Um, you know, I, I think I told you and I told the audience this that like part of the reason why we're living in Paris is to help kind of expand back table within the end of, you know, vascular interventional community mm -hmm. in Europe. And right. what I realized walking through the exhibitors hall is we got a lot of work to do. Um, <laughs> cause we're not as, uh, you know, people aren't as aware of, uh, back table or even just podcasting. You know, I just was right. picking people's brains about podcasting and it seems like it's not as hasn't caught on quite as much as it has in the U S so, right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm up for the challenge huge, and yeah, huge opportunity. This I think for back first, table. this, this is one of our first ones from Europe. So that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Hopefully we'll be happy to be here. Soon. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks man. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, direct message us at at underscore Backtable on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Backtable is produced and hosted by myself, Aaron Fritz, and co-hosts Chris Beck, Sabine Dond, Michael Barraza, and Ali Behetti. Our audio team lead is Karen Gannon, with support from Caleb Hodson, Josh McWhorter, and Ness Smith-Savadoff. Design and digital marketing led by Brian Schmitz. Article and transcript support by Taylor Robinson. And Delaney Aguilar. Social media and PR by Anne Dang. Intro and extra music is Ripperoo by Skeptic Moon. 
Find us on Spotify or at local live music venues in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.